Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, the viewers cast their verdict on Channel 10's budget news service. We've analysed the ratings and there's some interesting surprises. Should TV networks be axing presenters when there's a whiff of controversy before they've had their day in court? And a TV presenter accuses producers of going too far in deciding her looks. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. And it is another big week of TV Black Box, and we're mixing things up tonight. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. And, of course, the mulkiest mulk on the planet is with us. Hello, mulky. I'm the artist formerly known as Stephen Brooke. <laughs> More on that in a moment. Sarah Shrimp Tank Monaghan is with us. Hello, Sarah. Good morning, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Thank you, Truman. And our special guest tonight is Aaron Ryan from TV Black Box. Hello, Aaron. Hello. I'm like one of the masked singer celebrities, but they do the big reveal only to go, who the hell is that? But it's, it's <laughs> nice to be with you. <laughs> and uh, Ben is not with us tonight, uh, but the big news for the TV Black Box community is that we bid adieu to Brookie, who... Um, actually has a real job now and he's finding it difficult to fit in all his work. Uh, but, Mulkey, we will still hear him every week except this week on the TV Binge Box. That's correct. Brookie is staying connected to the Binge Box. We, he is a, a much-loved part of the family here, as he was here on TV Black Box. Um, however, I, I do understand the pressures of a job, which has just meant that, unfortunately, uh, he's had to make the hard decisions and TV Black Box has been a part of that uh, as a casualty. And we know the rules. He is now dead to me. Uh, so... Okay, so, uh, so does that mean he liked he likes them better than us? I uh, well, I, 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 you can make I, whatever possibly. influence you want, Sarah. <laughs> he had. It's like he had to sacrifice one favourite child, but he didn't have that much. It's oh, not no, unlike look, Rosemary. On. He didn't have so much difficulty choosing. You, you and I are both fathers of more than one child. It is very easy to pick your favourite child. <laughs> Don't let anyone say otherwise. I've prepared a very special Black Vault tonight. So um, get ready for that one. That's coming up later. But first, there's good and bad news for Channel 10 on the ratings front. After the implementation of drastic budget cuts, which saw a raft of on-air presenters sacked from the network in a dramatic overhaul of the way it produces news. As previously reported, from September 14, the network started airing its Brisbane 5pm news out of Sydney and its Adelaide news out of Melbourne. The format relies on pre-recorded segments integrated with combined live segments, although it should be noted the 5pm to 6pm hour in Adelaide is delayed due to time differences. Now TV Blackbox can reveal 10's news is down only slightly in the five-cap cities year-on-year, while Melbourne and Sydney have actually increased audience. 
The lack of a truly local news service has hit ratings in Brisbane and Adelaide hard, with big falls experienced in those markets. Interestingly, Sydney, Melbourne and Perth have all experienced gains, which has offset those big falls in Adelaide and Brisbane. Brisbane has suffered a massive 30% drop year on year as viewers reject the Sydney edition. It's a similar story in Adelaide, which has experienced a 26% drop in viewers. Studio 10, meanwhile, is down 21% compared to the same time last year. The show averaged 38,000 viewers last week, down from 48,000 the year before. In fact, the show fell out of the top 250 shows last week on a number of occasions. Mulk, do you think this is what Channel 10 would have expected when it was sacrificing, um, when it was making all those sacrifices to make budget? Uh, pr- probably not. I think they would have hoped that, um, uh, you know, that the audiences would have hung in a little longer than they have, though mm-hmm. they would be just crazy to not think that, um, you know, to, sorry, they would be crazy to think that axing local news in Brisbane and Adelaide would see, would end, end with them raising the ratings in those cities. That's just not a thing. Um, I, I'm intrigued as much as anything to hear that the Perth numbers are up. Uh, mind mm. you, going from one viewer to two viewers, numbers are up. <laughs> um, I suspect as much as anything, it benefits from, a, a reasonably local face or a recent local face hosting the news yeah. uh, and that it can be ostensibly largely filled with stuff that runs live into Perth because there's no time pressure on the Sydney studio delivering Perth's news given that it's nearly an hour and a half after the Sydney bulletin finishes. Yeah, it's interesting, Aaron, that I have to say that um, I, when I first saw the figure and the year-on-year change, I went, oh, my God, this is a success for 10. This is great news. But that was the overall five-cap city metro figure. And then I went in deeper and saw the losses in Brisbane and Adelaide And because uh, I was thinking, is, is everything I know about news wrong? Because it's always been about localism and local sales. Um, and it has borne out. So Brisbane and Adelaide suffering big time. Uh, Melbourne and Sydney doing great guns and Perth. But you've got to say that if 10 had held on to local news in Brisbane and Adelaide, they could have been kicking some serious ass. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I think it's the whole thing's a sham. It's woeful, quite frankly, disrespectful to viewers to have a an Adelaide-fronted, which appears to be local news, and they just can't really get in there for any breaking news. But, look, I've changed my tune on, on this uh, whole issue, actually. Channel 10's never really been a news channels it's never been the rate had the ratings of nine and seven and it's always been a second cousin there's no early morning there's no mid-morning there's no late news anymore and the only hope of any sort of success they've had through doing news differently like through the project our news is expensive um so i actually think they should actually cull it by another 30 minutes just basically almost get rid of news, give up bidding for the rugby rights, give up the Mel- give the Melbourne Cup back to seven and use the Viacom CBS Paramount Juggernaut to invest in primetime programming because that's where 10 excel in. They do brilliantly with The Amazing Race, The Masked Singer, the Australian Survivor. They do it perfectly. They even do good shows out of 8.30 like Gogglebox and Have You Been Paying Attention? But maybe it's time to just give up now and uh, leave it to seven and nine. There's no doubt their focus is on prime time. They're not, um, that's the whole reason they've taken so much money out of news and Studio 10. Uh, but, Mulk, you with the ratings lately, uh, does that bear out? You know, like the we'll get to it later, but The Bachelor didn't exactly set the world on fire. Is 10 doing well this year? 
it's had its moments. MasterChef was a massive uh, pickup for 10. It performed really well for them. Yep. And I suspect yeah. that Junior MasterChef will do the same, though mm. you know we won't find out until I think it's the 11th of October when that kicks off. God, they are promoting the death out of that cheapest, um, <laughs> which goes against my theory I postulated on Twitter today. Um, they really haven't had a great year in prime time. And, and while I hear absolutely that things like, have you been paying attention and, and Gogglebox have done well for 10 after 8.30, that is the truth, neither of them are 10 productions. They are both buy-ins mm. that they have really not a whole bunch of say in um, how the, the show is put together or made, um, as opposed to their raft of reality content, which they are intimately involved uh, in making happen. So that that's a real difficult position for 10 to be in. I think they would be keen to see more runs on the board at 7.30. Um, it's going to be a tough thing at the front of the year. And when 7 and 9 are working just hell for leather to try and beat each other, um, I mean, 10 has benefited from a lagging seven uh, in prime time, though I can't see that lasting. Honestly, they'll be absolutely... Seven feel like they're coming back, for sure. Well, we'll see, won't we? I mean, I'm not sure that SAS is going to set anything on fire and once the AFL and NRL finals are over, the games are, like, all bets are off again. Sure, that's certainly true. Sarah, the big concern would obviously have to be the morning programming. Uh, Studio 10 in Perth on Friday had about six zeros next to it. Um, for the last 45 minutes of the program, it basically at one point only got the 1,000 viewers. Otherwise, it all registered at zeros. That's a concern. Yeah, I mean, there are people who have YouTube channels that get more viewers than that. Um so it's kind of sad that they're not getting anyone. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you do about it. I don't know how you fix it. Maybe give up. I don't know. Oh, ouch. Uh, give up. Give up. I mean, if really, if you're not doing anything, do you either completely reformat it, which they don't have the money for, you know, or do you pray that coronavirus ends and you can, you know, do fun stuff again, or do you just maybe shut it down for now? I think it all comes down to whether the whether the program is still financially viable. If it's making money, it will be safe. When it's not, it's over. And still on the ratings front, and Sunrise has reasserted its dominance in the breakfast time slot. The show had been under siege from a resurgent Today show, especially on the East Coast, but with Sam and Koshi moving back to a five-day roster, Sunrise won every city. Sarah, it looks like the power of Sam, Koshi, and dare I say executive producer Michael Pell has done the trick. I mean, power to them. Good for them that, you know, if they come back for five days and that makes all the difference. I mean, I'm surprised that coming back one extra day changed it because, um, you know, was it a revolving five days? Was it always it, it the one was. day? It was. So Koshi was yeah. doing Monday to Thursday and Sam was doing Tuesday to Friday. So you never had them on at the – like you only had the three days where you had start, yeah. the, the main presenters on together and it did feel like a bit of a mishmash. Huh. I would have done, like, Monday to Thursday and let them both have Friday off and let that be, like, two other people. But, um, I mean, good for them. Like, if they can if they can do that, um, I'm surprised because everyone seems to have loved Carl coming back, you know, on the other show. So, but power to them. Good luck. And, look, today's doing a good job and putting some fight into Breakfast TV again, Malk. Um, it's interesting. Michael Pell is now working both ends of the day. He is... One of the many EPs on The Voice, uh, I think there are two Ooh. from Seven and two from um, the production company, but Pell is a sought-after man at Seven. He's 
one of the people who really is getting runs on the board. And so, you know, he's been seen to be doing a good job. He helped out on Big Brother in a great way. Um, but he is focused on Sunrise and especially, what you know, that's his baby. He has to make sure that's good. So that man is working a lot of hours at the moment. It's straight out unsustainable, Rob. He can't maintain a, a breakfast television and primetime TV uh, workload um, as an executive producer and, and maintain the that's level... True of the output both for him and, and for the shows that he's working on. I'm always a little bit worried when we hear that shows are executive produced by committee. Um, that that just screams of shows being noted to death. Um, it will be very interesting to see what The Voice looks like with Michael anywhere near it because he has such a deft hand when it comes to live TV. He does. Um, and I think given a primetime TV budget and Michael Pell, you would expect that that should turn out to be some pretty great kind of stuff, particularly with a format uh, like The Voice that has been in its history really reliable for Nine. Um, of course, how that turns around, I think that the ultimate uh, kind of call on that is going to be who they put into those all-important judges' chairs. Aaron, the battle at breakfast is certainly one that never gets dull. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm like one of the actual viewers that's done the Today Sunrise flip-flop because... Sunrise is a bit like a really old pair of comfortable used Ugg boots. A new style or a new design comes out, you buy them, you like them, you use them for a bit, then you just go back home and go back to the old Ugg boots. There's just something about the Sunrise family. I like Carl and Ali refreshing and I turn over and watch them, but there's just nothing like a bit of good old Uncle Koshy, is there? Yeah, let's it. just hope those Zug boots don't smell after too much time. <laughs> this this metaphor has been very much pushed into the ground. I agree. I do hope that Michael Pell, though, <laughs> even though he's gone back to his morning show, that he had desperately wanted to branch out. So I'm hoping mm. that Sunrise doesn't drag him back and stop him from achieving new stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Sarah. Um, people have to be allowed to evolve or you end up losing them long-term anyway. Um, so Seven will have to make a decision. Is Michael Pell uh, a primetime yeah. EP? And will they have to look at a succession plan for Michael and Sunrise? And he will also have to not use it as a crutch because it's his success. It's there if things fail for him in primetime. But the guy's got talent. He can go on and, you know transition over to someone else and still look over it, you know, but he he prime time is where it's at and they certainly need him there. Well one of television's biggest social media darlings finished last week, but it would seem Australia is falling out of love with The Bachelor. Thursday's final decision failed to achieve a Metro audience above one million for the first time in the show's Australian history. Audience figures for the final reveal were down 25% on last year. Overall, the series rated 18% lower than last year. Talk to me, Aaron. Was this just a bad series or is the franchise dying? Well, I think it was Kevin Perry that wrote um, in the ratings wrap that Lockie wasn't 10's first or even second choice for all. Yes, I, he did. Yeah, I think it's 10 just lucked out on this season. Lockie was pretty bland, was affected by COVID and, and just lacked spark. Look, still fairly solid ratings up against AFL and NRL, um, and it does well, obviously, in the women demos um, up against those sports. I, mean, I wouldn't write the franchise off just yet. Probably concerning that it was down, but, yeah, I think it was just a one-off yucky season, really. Okay. Um, Malk, have you paid much attention to The Bachelor this year? I can't say I have. Uh, I was in early and was actually really charmed by Lockie as the Bachelor. I thought that he was playing a really good game as far as, you know, the role the Bachelor has to play in that scenario and was doing fine. 
And then I think it got to the coronavirus bit and I just went, I don't care. And, and tuned out. And, of course, I tuned back in to see the finale. Mm. But it, I think even in just missing those sort of, uh, you know, two or four apps or however long it went for while they were basically playing online Tinder or whatever, um, that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> online Tinder, there's a, a nice little sort of juxtaposition, um, that I just kind of, like, I felt like I missed stuff at that point. I went, oh, well, it's the same people, something, something, whatever. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if a whole bunch of people tuned in to see the Bachelor finale, saw Lockie just weeping, heaving openly, and went, oh, I'm not here for this, and left. Ah, interesting. Interesting theory. Um, I've got to say, it's just too much. Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, Bachelor. You know, like, I, I just hear the words Bachelor way too many times on Channel 10, I've got to say. I'm fatigued. I just think that all of these shows, they always give you someone that if you had met the guy or the girl in a bar, you wouldn't fight over them. The only reason you've got 20 people fighting over this person is because it's a TV show and they're all trying to win. Mm. See, Except for that know. Matt guy. The Matt guy who was the smart dude, Matt, he was hot. You? He's so your type, Sarah. (laughs) I like nerds. What can I say? Um, But everybody else, I'm just like, nah, not a chance in hell. I would like the first day I'd walk in and be like, I'm out. Sorry. Not even the honey badger. No, not the honey badger. (laughs) They've had some very successful bachelors and bachelorettes in in the time, even just in Australia. It hasn't quite gone, you know, completely south yet. Though I do acknowledge that recently it it kind of feels like it's – I always, I always struggle when they would bring in, um, you know, past the past successes, the the successful bachelors, to you know, sit down and talk with the bachelor. It's like, no, no, we don't need to see <laughs> but this. By, but by successful, do they mean that they've actually maintained the relationship that they got yes. on the show? Yeah, they bring okay. them in with their the the lady that they chose and are still with at that time, um, and uh, you know, so oh look, this is we understand because we understand it's really hard to date twenty women at once on television. But I always think, like, when you look at the worldwide one and there's always, like, they're they're together, they maintain it for as long as the contract is necessary mm. for them to maintain it, and the day that that shit is over, they are out. And it's like you only did it because you were like, yep, I won the, I won the prize, I, you know, nailed the guy, and then, like, as soon as it's over, I'm done. Well, there yeah, was a Bachelor they're... only a couple of seasons ago where he, in, in the show, picked a girl, and then by the time it came time to do the press, he picked the other one. Blake, Blake Garvey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was messy. What a nightmare. Yeah, what a nightmare. Well, look, all charges against former Channel 7 presenter Ryan Phelan have been dropped. Phelan had been accused of grabbing his partner, Chelsea Franklin, in a domestic violence incident. While a hearing had been set down for December 22, Phelan's solicitor said new evidence had come to light, leading prosecutors to drop the charges. Ryan had been instantly removed from the Daily Edition two days before its final episode because of the allegations. Sarah, is there something to be said for letting things play out in court before executives pull presenters off air when when there are allegations against them? Before the time of social media, yes, Um, but these days people will be baying for blood the moment that something is announced and they will be like, why hasn't it been taken off air, even though... Yeah, but people bay for blood over everything. You know, like last week people were baying... One person wanted me water tortured, waterboarded and taken out because I did an interview with Pete Evans, for Christ's sake. But my question... I did have a question. So some of the reports initially said that he was um, there was an incident and he was taken off air. And then the ones in the paper today, I don't know if they got it wrong, but it said that he was taken off air and then the incident happened two days later. 
So no, 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 uh, no. The the incident happened, and what what the here's sevens out basically, because he finished his day job, then went down to the police station because they had called him in about this. Um, allegation being made against him and then reporters got hold of it and approached Channel 7 and Channel 7 knew nothing about it and that was a real sticking point for Seven not knowing that this had taken place and so there is some sources have told me that was the sticking point where um, he was he was removed because it, because he wasn't open and honest with the network. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it, Mark? Uh, look, it, it is to a degree. I think that the openness that, that Mr. Phelan uh, did or didn't show with his then employer, Channel 7, whole other box of dice, and I can yep. understand if that's their motivation for taking him off air, then have at it. Um, that's between him, and his, uh, him, his lawyers, and them. Uh, as to the nature of them taking... If, if indeed they took him off air because of the nature of the incident, incident, the fact that it was a domestic violence incident, I think that there are two really important things that we need to hold fast to. One, women always must be believed, always. Uh, until it's proven otherwise, just believe women, trust them. And so in that case, it would mean that, as was the case, you know, until this new evidence came to light, that Mr Phelan was the perpetrator and uh, going to be, or had been charged in, and was going to court, as you'd said. Uh, and in that case, it is completely understandable that the network should choose uh, to take him off air. Now, given really? that the show he was Aren't hosting... Aren't people entitled to their day in court? They absolutely are, Rob. The challenge with domestic violence incidents quite often uh, is that it is the male who is the perpetrator in like a, like a 90-something percent situation. Of course. They are far more powerful and they do not need the opportunity uh, to, you know, be be given a, a like an innocent until proven guilty situation is for the court to decide. That's not the way television works. Um, and in a situation where you so are So basically any accusation can, can be made against any presenter and they can be ripped off When you're presenting a show that skews towards women uh, and is executive produced by a woman, it is completely understandable that if you have domestic violence allegations brought against you, when the show is due to finish two, three, four days after they came to light, that they should choose to terminate your contract immediately, I see as completely understandable and reasonable. I think there's a middle ground where you could simply take someone off air, maybe with pay, and then wait for everything to play out. And sure, then at sure. the end of it, you know, bring them back. But yeah. you also have to, and, and I'm in no way saying this is the case, um, because I don't know them. There's always three sides to every story, his, hers, and the truth. Yeah. But women, a lot of the times, will recant, um, you know, just to make things go away. Um, mm -hmm. And they've said that they were bringing up her dirt, so maybe they were going to say something about her, and she's like, I don't want that coming out. Let me just drop the charges. So we never know really what's happening. So I think it's up to the producers at this point because everyone can speculate, everyone can imagine what they want, um, but nobody knows except those two. What well, that's on. the point. Who is the arbiter of the truth? I, I guess uh, we live in a world now the where court. it's not hard to get a social... Well, but <laughs> yes, a court, theoretically, but I'm talking about people are getting pulled off the air because there is controversy around them and campaigns begin on social media. He it's had very three days left at work. Sorry? He had three days left at work. Uh, okay. Well, but, you know, he didn't get to do the on-air farewell for a show he'd worked sure. on for years. So he he's also missed had that opportunity. Violence charges brought on him that he hadn't told his employer about. I absolutely could guarantee so what there if would he have told been a clause his employer, in his contract Mark? to say, that's not cool. What if he had told his employer? 
Uh, I Do would you still bring ripped off here? There is a clause in his contract that says if he essentially brings the network into disrepute, as domestic violence charges would, he is an on-air personality that they could have terminated his contract with cause right then. I can't suggest that that's the case, but knowing the way that, you know, we live in a litigious society, the presenters have to display and present the network in a certain fashion. For all of the foibles of everything, if hypothetically high-profile other person fronted up and they had didn't even, like, you know, didn't even present themselves, like had to be arrested, can you imagine the the issues that play through in that scenario? This is absolutely um, about... The network making sure from their perspective, we're not even talking about what actually went on with Mr. Phelan and his wife, uh, partner, sorry, that the network are trying to protect their brand. These are real people, real people. And, uh, you know, I just think the court should be deciding this, not executives. But, Aaron, I want to give you a chance to speak before we move on. Yeah, it's just an interesting uh, topic uh, because this is a subject that, Shits me to tears. It makes you really angry. Angry these days, anyone can say anything about anyone. Some people, especially with celebrities, they don't even report the matter to the police. They just post it on social media. Allegations have ended people's careers, both when they are substantiated and when they are not. Allegations stick, um, and I think it's sickening. And I just want to give an example. There's um, when allegations know- are proven to be true and they end people's careers. How is that a problem? No, but the issue is when when these allegations come forward and it's proven that they're not, their career is over anyway. Um, And as an example... Kobe Bryant's wasn't. Kobe Bryant went on forever until he died in a helicopter crash. Some people are still bigger than the controversy. Look, there was an American Ninja Warrior champion that was recently edited out of the USA versus the World Special that aired on Nine and future shows with NBC in America. And I just want to quickly read the statement that NBC made. Um... They wrote, we are shocked and disturbed to hear about these charges laid against Drew Dreschnell. American Ninja Warrior is a family show that has inspired countless people and we will not let the actions of one contestant tarnish the hard work and amazing stories of so many. Moving forward, the American Ninja Warrior brand will will sever all ties with Mr Dreschnell, including his appearance on future seasons of the show. Key for me in that statement is we will not let the actions of one contestant, etc, etc. What actions? His, his lawyer has, has released a statement saying that he has pleaded not guilty. Now, of course, if he is found guilty of these sickening offences... Chuck the book at him. ...then in jail for 100 years, as far as I'm concerned. But if he's not, and with statements like that, his life is over anyway. And I just don't understand why they couldn't have written... Um, and, and, and in the same sort of case of what we're talking about today is... And here's, here's my version of, of the statement I would have put out. Allegations of a serious nature have been made against contestant Drew Dreschnell of American Ninja Warrior. Due to the nature of these allegations, NBC has made the decision to temporarily edit Mr Dreschnell until the conclusion of criminal proceedings. We understand that Mr Dreschnell has pleaded not guilty and we accept that he is currently innocent until proven guilty. NBC will review this matter at the conclusion of criminal proceedings. Why why are we... That's the way to do it. I I do see it from a production side, though, because say that they filmed it, it went to air, and then he was found guilty. 
then there's forever this episode out there that shows this guy that now is tarnished with the show. Like it's, it's his name is associated with it. So it's probably easier from a production standpoint in a pre-recorded situation to simply edit him out because it's going to go to air before the court case but, does. But, but I suggested then, that they do, they do edit him out. But they're actually just saying that we, we have temporarily edited him out until the conclusion of the criminal proceedings. Well, Satan so, found so him nice. guilty before he's been. Yeah, that, that's before NBC. He's done it. NBC no, no, can but, do whatever but they if want. He's, it's but their if he's show. found innocent or not guilty, they can then go back and re. Exactly. They can re add him in to future episodes because yeah. those shows are a crap anyway. Yeah, but, but and Mark, so, uh, you're right. NBC have the right to do whatever they want, but where's your humanity? We, we've got to have a process here. You My know, humanity like, is with the victim every time. Yeah, but <laughs> you've got to but prove they that they're a victim first. And, and but, there's ways of doing that. It's not NBC's decision whether they're a victim. It's a court it of law. It's absolutely NBC's decision as to how they deal with the fact that somebody associated with one of their brands has been charged with whatever they were charged with. I don't know. Um, should it's they like choose to put out a statement? It's like if a cop shoots someone in the field. Sorry? And if a cop shoots someone in a field, yeah. they are taken out of field service mm-hmm. until it's worked out whether yes, it was... Yes, but the police department doesn't issue a, a, a statement saying um, they're gone because basically they're guilty. You know, exactly. like they take, no, as you said, said, that's not NBC's what said. statement basically implies they're guilty. We're all, we're anyway. all talking about America I, where it, anyone it, can get a lawyer to do pretty much whatever they need and, and bring charges and do all of the, you know, counterclaims and all of the rest of it, right? But the reason but I read that at... statement is because it specifically said, and we will not let the actions of one contestant tarnish the hard work. What actions? Sure. He may have not done anything. Well, okay, but look at Hey Dad, look at Seventh Heaven, look at all the TV shows like the Cosby Show, everything that are now no longer on air, and mm-hmm. everybody doesn't get residuals. Those shows That's can't right. be shown because mm-hmm. of one person. So yep. if that one episode that that guy is on, if he's found guilty, if that episode cannot like now has to be pulled out of syndication mm-hmm. because of him, it's easier to take him out. And I feel bad for him, I really do. If you know, but if if it's taken out, it's easier for them in the long run. Because they don't really owe him anything. He is, it's not like he's a contracted, you know, long term person. So take him out, and at a point that he is found not guilty, you re edit it and you put him back in. Unless you're filming an episode of Cops, people with criminal charges against them are not good business. No, 100%. Agree. But the the fact is, I, I guess I just hate cancel culture. And if, the, if these this people is are found cancel guilty. Culture. Holy it, shit! Holy Sorry. shit. What? This is it's not cancel yes, culture. Yes, it is. Someone's no, accused of doing culture. something. Oh, my God. Someone's bro. accused cancel of doing something. Cancel telling a bad joke on the internet when you're on a flight to Africa and your job is cancelled before you even Someone get Someone makes an allegation. People are pulled off the air and they're not given due process. I believe in due process. I'm sorry. that He's I've... getting due process in the courts. So his life can be destroyed if he... Uh, look, he probably... I'm, I'm not here to declare But his uh, life doesn't him. hinge on that TV show. 800%. What about That's Ryan Phelan, who was pulled off air and basically treated like a criminal when now all charges have been dropped against him? Oh, well, there are two him. parts to this. Phelan being taken off air was a decision by the Seven Network. Phelan being treated like a criminal in the media is an issue that, that he and seven. his lawyers could choose to take with the media that reported as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can sue for defamation later. All right. 
Nine News Melbourne sport presenter Tony Jones has sensationally walked off set from the Sunday footy show after that awkward encounter between him and Beck Judd was played on the show. Jones had previously warned he would walk if the clip, where he went to give her a kiss and she recoiled in horror, was ever played again. Aaron, is this bad form or fair enough on Tony's part? Look, my issue with the whole thing is not is that it's not a reality show where we delve into the lives of people in it. It's a football panel show. If I was Tony Jones, I would have made a joke about it um, and said something funny, had a laugh, and then the minute they went off air, I would have ripped them a new arsehole and dealt with it through management. <laughs> by, by doing it the way he did, from a viewer perspective, he just looked like a bit of a wanker, really. And now he he's actually created more headlines now with us talking about the Daily Mail and everyone else all talking about the thing that he didn't want to talk about. It's just a silly way of dealing with it. But from his perspective, it has been played so many times. It is an embarrassing moment from him. I mean, from a television perspective, I think she was really mean, to be honest. You know, like he's trying to do a television thing of wish her luck and she's recoiled. I mean, it's so awkward. But, Sarah, oh, he awkward. said... Yeah. He said... If you play this again, I don't want to see it again. If you play it again, I'm not going to be part of this. He gave fair warning. Okay, but maybe she's also said, like, don't kiss me before, or touch me or whatever, and she, everyone knows she has a bubble around her and he tried to kiss her thinking, you're on air, you're <laughs> oh, but kiss it's long you. past that. This isn't the incident. This no. is a replay yeah, of this the is incident. The millionth happened. replay of it. Okay, well then Sunrise uh, had uh, Melissa George on there and she said if you show anything with Home and Away, I won't ever come back. And they did. So TV networks <laughs> love to play shit. And that's why whenever I do an interview, they're there and they're like, do you have anything that you won't talk about? And I'm always like, no, there are no, no, no subjects because the minute you say there is one, that is the first thing that they're going to ask you. <laughs> well, I think the hint is in the title, footy show. And the response even from the uh, – from who was the, the guy that played the clip or set up the clip in the show? It basically was saying, like, oh, this is just how we play. It's all a bit of hard fun, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is the worst well, – not the worst thing. This is a prime example of, uh, like, horrific, you know, male blokey footy culture played out on TV. Look, fair <laughs> enough, it happened. Tony doesn't like it. He doesn't like seeing it played. Cool. And he told him, I'm out of here if you play it. He walked out, came back on set after calling someone, ostensibly someone on the network, I'm sure. And he said when he sat down, I'm only here because I have to be. Yeah, yeah. Look, a new report in the Sun newspaper says Prince Harry and Meghan have agreed to a fly-on-the-wall reality series as part of their multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. Sources tell the publication it would be tasteful. They want to give people a glimpse into their lives. Malk. Can a former royal couple demand privacy and then let cameras into their home? Well, something's got to fill the Kardashian void, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I, I, I would say it, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough bow if you are courting television like this with a fly on the wall, you know, obdoc kind of look at your life uh, and then not expect to have, uh, you know, paparazzi 70 times a day chasing you down the street when you go to get milk or whatever. But um, the Queen does said, it. The Queen, the Queen has cameras into um, the life at Windsor and all those kind of things. It's all very tasteful. Sure, and I expect it would be, they would be wanting exactly that kind of treatment. The but challenge it's hypocritical. Is, the, well, the challenge is this, right? Um, they have to make money. They have to earn a living now. They buy their choice and all of the stuff that they've said. They have removed themselves from the royal teat uh, and so need to be earning the cash. 
this is one way to do it. The fact that the Queen has her approach and the way they do it, it's a little bit of a different situation. Harry is third in line to the throne. No, fourth. No, fourth in seventh. Line, fifth. A hundredth? Um, no, he's like no, no. seventh. Doesn't he follow, Six. like... I don't even care. No, no, I don't even because care. it's William he's and then close. the three kids. And yeah, then you've got him. the kids now. He's not close. Um, uh, the, the, the challenge is that he's not close enough to the thing to worry about it. Everyone reveres and cares about the Queen and fine and great, and she acts in a queenly way. Fabulous. Harry married a, a Hollywood superstar, and they've moved away and said we're not was part of the family. Was she a superstar? No, she wasn't know. a superstar. Make it cool. She's television artist, <laughs> whatever, something. Um, this is how much I care about it. That they want to do it, fine. Can they say we don't want to have people following us? Mate, you're in your, your hot property now. Short answer is... But she's in the it. middle of a court case with a newspaper in Who, London the where the... No, Megan. Megan. And, right. and they have taken... Like, she just lost because uh, they made her supply six months worth of, like, WhatsApp, emails and stuff because she was trying to say that they'd invaded her privacy mm-hmm. by publishing the letter to her dad and stuff. And she's been accused of using her friends to manipulate the media. But she's trying to say that she wants to be private. She doesn't want... And, they're, they're, like, I don't want media looking into my life. And at the same time, you're signing a network deal about having your life shown on television. It's yeah, not going... So, Sarah, do celebrities not have a right to privacy? They do, but... When you're in the middle of a court case demanding privacy, you don't make a TV show which, you know, shows everything that's But private. shouldn't celebrities have the right to privacy on their terms? You know, they make themselves publicly available when they choose to. They have control of the narrative of what's shown when cameras are in their house. Um, should we have I full access? Think, I think that you have to accept the fact that if you choose to become a celebrity, that you give up a lot of your privacy. I mean, there's laws in some places. Yes, he did. He he totally. No, he was born into it. But when he married her, he knew what was going to come. But he he had no choice about being a celebrity. By but the fact that he popped out of Diana's vagina, he is a celebrity. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) but he 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 married. He went down the route. That's very presumptuous. It might have been a C-section. Oh, my that, apologies. <laughs> Correct. I don't know. But he knew when he married, like, you know, when uh, the Monaco people married Princess Grace. The Monaco right? people, the whole nation <laughs> Monaco. of Monaco. Yeah. Uh, uh, Prince Albert. We were on a break. Anyway. So when you, when you choose to marry a TV celebrity, you know that you're going into a whole different realm. And no, he gave she, her the fame. She didn't give him the fame. She wasn't a big enough star. That it wasn't, it was, it was going to be like marrying Wallace Simpson all over again. Suits was popular, but it wasn't that popular. I've no. never seen an episode. No, most people hadn't. All right, now it's time <laughs> for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. The co-CEOs of Endemol Shine Australia, Mark and Carl Fennessy, have confirmed they are stepping down from their roles and are departing the business after 10 years of leadership. <laughs> Stan Grant has joined ABC News in a new multi-platform role as international affairs analyst. Grant will provide stories and analysis for ABC Online, 7.30, Four Corners, Audio Current Affairs and TV News. Jamie Campbell, who was seen in The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise, has formally lodged documents against Warner Brothers, according to the Sydney Confidential. The reality TV contestant is suing over his portrayal in the series. Meanwhile, a Melbourne writer is taking the ABC to court over copyright infringement. 
The Herald Sun reports Annie Duncan has claimed the ABC's Bubble Bath Bay animation ripped off her creation, Buster the Brave Little Wooden Boat. <coughs> Jamie Campbell, head of publicity at Foxtel, has been made redundant and will finish up on Friday. And former Sky News Australia Chief Executive Angelos Frangiapoulos has been appointed Chief Executive Officer of a new startup news channel in the UK called GB News. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you very much, Sarah. Coming up on TV Black Box, we will talk our big issue. How much say should executives have over the talent that appears on their networks? Plus, we are opening the TV Black Vault, and with Ben away, I get to play. I've got some juicy ones coming up right after this. 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Ticker TV or Facebook and Twitter at BRR Show. Watch live or on demand. It's Well, now to our big issue. And a former neighbour star claims producers offered to buy her a set of tits and encouraged her to leak naked photos of herself to boost her image. Nicola Charles, who played Sarah Beaumont, made the explosive claims in the Herald Sun, saying the producer was old school. He didn't really cross any boundaries. He was just a cheeky old scoundrel. Okay, so I think we can all agree this is pretty outrageous, but it did get me thinking how far can a network go in telling their on-air personalities how to look? Aaron, what do you think are the limits here? Can they tell them how to have their hairstyle? Can they tell them what clothes to wear? Well, what's the line? Well, I guess if if, if Nicola Charles was, was working for a bank, I think, or something like that, this would clearly be outrageous. It, I, I will say, though, for an actor, depending on the role, it might be appropriate depending on how it comes across. Like, for example, a female actor playing the role of Dolly Parton um, might have to have some sort of discussion surrounding breast size. But I was going to say, if I was cast in a movie and there was a full frontal scene and a director came up to me and said, listen, potentially millions of people are going to see you naked, up to you, but um, we're happy to throw in the dough uh, to get yourself a couple of extra inches, I'm in. It's just a prosthetic. Yeah. It's a sock that they put on there. But it's old school Hollywood. Old school Hollywood told everyone what to look, who to marry, mm, who yeah. to divorce. Like mm. they managed their whole lives. So this doesn't surprise me. And she said he was old school, you know, but back in the day they had, you know, entire 
um, Max Factor would make new looks for people. He would decide, you're going to be a blonde now and we're going to do your makeup like this. And, you know, mm. they had people's nose fixed back in the day and they did give them breast implants. This is part of the territory. I mean, it's better than, I mean, I mean, they were offering us some free boobs. They're pretty expensive, but, um, it's better and all than, power to her to say, no, that's not what she wants to yeah, do. Yeah, good for her. Absolutely good for her. But, I mean, that's part of some contracts. Like, I know someone who had to have an abortion because it was in their contract that they weren't allowed to get pregnant and production forced them to do it. You wow. Know, and Craig McLaughlin back in the day wow. got married and production forced him to get a divorce because they said it's not good for your on-air personality if you're married because all the girls aren't going to love you anymore. I mean, they are totally wow, the manipulative. Wow, control. They, I mean, and that's what you give up. You know, you sign a deal with the devil to be famous. You have to acknowledge the fact that people are going to be in charge of your life. Mark, do you think there's a line, you know, like presenters are told what to wear that do the news and do morning shows and breakfast shows and all that kind of stuff. There There is a different line between actors because they're dressing for a certain character. But when they're being told to get boob jobs and the like, you know, leak some nudies online to get yourself some publicity... Wow, I, I, I'm yeah. I'm, I don't. I don't think that's cool. No. So, so let's give me some context. When did this allegedly happen to? Nicholas oh, back Charles? in the '90s. So we're talking 30 years ago. Yeah. Cool. Um, horrible. We're hearing all the stories. Sarah's talking about her experience, which wasn't too much, you know, longer before that, and the people that she talks to. Um, horrific that it happened. Um, when it comes to what you wear on 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 set on TV show, I think that's just, you have to do that. That's how it is. Hairstyle, it, look, if you're getting paid a million bucks an episode, Jennifer Aniston, and there's discussion about what your hairstyle will be next season, you pay attention. Yeah. Um, you had to have a, a discussion about pink hair on your show. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, but I had to enforce it not it being an issue because the network did have an issue with it. Um, and it was uncomfortable, you know. Um, but, uh, look, and, and during my career I have heard comments about women's weight and things like that. I have never had a discussion with anyone. I will not have that discussion to tell someone to lose weight or anything like that. But I know discussions like that have taken place and I do know that um, that happens and, and it's certainly talked about. You know, like um, you will hear comments like, oh, she's getting, she's putting on a few pounds, you know, like, and that is the kind of discussion that happens behind the scenes. And in 2020, it gets hidden behind a whole bunch of other things. So when, you know, the executive producer or, or whatever has the conversation with the talent and the issue is actually that he or she has put on, you know, a little bit extra Christmas or COVID weight, um, they're encouraged to do other things uh, or they're encouraged to not be on the show anymore uh, because in, you know, a lot of situations, depending on who you are and, as we spoke about, how, uh, you know, horrific your contract is, um, it will depend on what they have a say over. Um, Mm. Yes, some people have signed contracts that said you have to maintain a size whatever dress or suit. Um, I wouldn't expect that that would be the case in modern television however i would i would absolutely think there would be other reasons they would get you out of the way if for example say koshi put on 200 kilos but i mean back in the day of e street and like when neighbors was in its heyday and um you know chances where they were naked all the time they did expect them to look a certain way you know and you couldn't go ahead and you know put on seven kilos as an executive do you need to tell the actors to lose weight if they're naked 
in front of Australia, presumably they want to look as best as they possibly can. Well, but who determines that, right? If I'm comfortable in my skin. I, I am not a size two. Um, if people want to see me naked, knock yourselves out, kids. It's not that great <laughs> to look at, but I'm okay with it. Um, the, the challenge is that in those kinds of situations, it even goes a step beyond that. You will not be cast if you even have a hint of being someone that might put on seven kilos. Mm. Well, and I wasn't allowed to change my hair. Like, we all had it in there that we uh, – yep. I, I had a, a Christmas off – I came back and I put a temporary orange rinse in my hair and they it didn't wash out fast enough and they made me go and bleach it and that's when I had to start bleaching my hair was because it wasn't blonde enough. And when Simone tried to change her hair colour, they had a fit. Mm. So, I mean, it is. A lot of that is in the contract. Wonderful like, production, that one, change. wasn't it, Sarah? Just a wonderful a production. Excellent, <laughs> excellent let's producer. also talk about it just sort of from – let's play devil's advocate for, for lack of a better phrase. If I am – uh, running a, uh, a very successful television show that is producing 20 episodes a year. Uh, and unless it is written into the script that Sarah, as my female lead, changes her hairstyle um, or gets pregnant, hypothetically, um, then, you know, and those things happen, either I'm going to do one of two things, write it really quickly into the script that she changes her hairstyle or gets pregnant, or give her a lot of envelopes and stuff to sort of, you know, she's standing behind a lot of plants all mm. of a sudden um, so that we can hide the baby bump when it comes or horrific things start to play out depending, again, on the nature of the contract. It is how valuable you are to that production and what the executive producers and the people behind it ostensibly either get into your contract or make to be the reason that they get rid of you. And they will go ahead and change your contract uh, mm. mid-contract. If you, say, break a leg, they will go through and scratch out, you no longer get sick pay we're not letting like we're not paying for you to not be here anymore or the whatever reasons they need to do to cover the costs of you changing your whatever mm. yeah it's a wonderful industry at times but look <laughs> now it's time for the inside goss on what's happening in the world of tv and celebrity as we open the tv black vault and yes ben's away so i'm going to be doing it so get your pens and papers get your guessing games on everybody here we go which celebrity is raising eyebrows for the tall tales they're telling, especially when other industry insiders witness these events firsthand and know they're telling porky pies? Hang on, are you saying... Whoa, hang on. Just back up wait, a second, wait. McKnight. No, 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 this will go back that far. Um, <laughs> are you saying that somebody in television is making up stuff? <laughs> I might be. I might Breaking be. Breaking news, friends, you heard it here first. Someone is lying... In the television industry. Yes, but the wow. problem this time is that there are witnesses who know the truth. Anyway, mm. which network seems to be getting every media writer offside to the point no one across any publication is prepared to write up stories about their upcoming programs? This does not bode well for ratings. Wow. And... Wow. <laughs> And who is so precious... We've just had to censor uh, five minutes of conversation there, everybody. <laughs> and who is so precious about negative reviews for their show, they've actually started preparing dirt files on anyone they feel is an enemy. Gosh. Watch out. Ooh. The war is brewing. Am I an enemy? Because my dirt file will be very thin. <laughs> you oh. could be. You could be if you've gotten on the wrong side of this person. Mm -mm -mm. And it's very easy for people to do. Is this someone who brought the beef? Uh, they're, uh, 
they're bringing the beef. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, that brings us to the end of another TV Black Box for another week. Aaron Ryan, thank you for being here and being part of the TV Black Box. Thank you very much. I was a special guest and I was a little disappointed that you didn't open and close that vault with the sound. Oh, that Aaron, I was waiting no. for uh, yeah, no. You know what? I was Don't using with Brookie not now. being here. I was going to, but here's one for you. No. <laughs> And you got to see the hand movements and facial expressions, Aaron. Thank you. That's all I came (laughs) on for. Thank you. Uh, See, I tried to give you what you wanted, Monk, but the public demanded more. Yes. Monkey, thanks for being here again. Look, I think I mentioned the wall once. I got away with it. (laughs) (laughs) And Sarah, you delightful thing, thank you very much. I will see you all next week. For more, go to tvblackbox.com.au. You know that's where all your TV news is. And don't forget to listen to the TV Black Box podcast every Tuesday morning and make sure you go and give us a five-star review with some happy, nice comments. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.